The following episode of In No Particular Order can and will contain explicit language and adult content. Explicit adult. Make sure I, uh, that shit sounds decent. Um, but in this episode, we have one of our best conversations this year. I know I say that shit a lot, but I like hyperbole. Um, we also, uh, well, you might want to listen to the very end because there might be some nice little content for you and some thought-provoking content, I'll say. Um, so, thank you for staying with the True Stories Based on Fiction Network all these years. Uh, this year's wrapping up already, uh, which is kind of fucking crazy. Um, we got a lot of cool shit for you going on for the rest of the year. Awesome Sauce is coming back, I promise, for another episode of um, PICs on LSD. True Stories Based on Fiction um, with my rotating... Uh, slot for guest hosts who Garrett is holding down that position pretty good right now it's going to still be coming at, you, coming at you once a month as well so um, if you liked any of the shows repost them let your friends know what the fuck is going on tell them that you like our shit so we get more traction on the shows uh, still working on I'm actively as I record this working on getting us on spotify um, i know spotify is a is a, becoming a pretty big hub for a podcast uh probably much to apple's chagrin who's been apple being the uh biggest name in podcasts and they kind of invented podcasts because the pod and podcast stands for ipod so there's take that as it as you may um, but until then, enjoy the following motherfucking episode. Bitch. Sorry, my bitch. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have failed this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've got to Yet again to another episode of In No Particular Order, the podcast with me, Evan, a third host, and D-Mac, um, discuss uh, topics and lists of anything in and around the hip-hop culture. Um, so, as like I said, I'm, the, I'm I'm one of your hosts, Evan, the third host, and I'm joined by D-Mac. How's it going, bro? Oh, it's all good, man. Just chilling, enjoying this weather, this cool-down weather, rather. Yeah, like... Uh, here in Michigan, it's actually kind of cold, man. Uh, I heard, yeah, I heard. <laughs> yeah, I almost had to turn my heat on, but but that little door stopper thing that you saw a lot when you were here, that's actually yeah. that's actually actually keep my fucking apartment pretty warm without having to uh, turn the heat on. So that's good. Oh, 
Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. Um. So as people might remember from our last episode a few weeks ago, we said that this time around that we're going to discuss the top five black cinema. Well, our top five black films, because like black cinema, that's not uh, uh, grammatically correct. However, let me ask you this. Should we take a second to talk about the uh, Takashi bullshit or go right to the list? Nah, let's go right to the list. Okay. Nah, I don't even want to deal with that shit. You have no words! <laughs> <laughs> I got yeah, pretty much, man. That dude, he an idiot. So now he's the one that's stupid, huh? Like that <laughs> song you put up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Um. So, uh, what is as always? You typically go first. What is your first entry for your top five black films? Okay. In no particular order, right? In, in no particular order, of course. Alright. I'ma go this was tough. This was, this, yeah. this was real tough. Real tough. But how I did it was I kinda brought feeling into it, not just what I'm used to getting into because I like a I'm the type of person that likes a lot of uh crime. Right. Uh kinda like the dude that selling dough becomes the big honcho like Scarface ordeal. I'm that type of good fellas. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the whole mafia stuff. But I'm going to switch it up. I got movies with more feelings, more cultural binding okay. films. So with that being said, mm-hmm. I'm going to start it off with Remember the Titans. Oh, good. Okay. I like it. <laughs> and the reason why I picked that is because that movie changed is a is a cultural changing movie mm-hmm. and based on based on a true story mm-hmm. and it probably much everything in detail probably went similar to that it was a coach that ended up getting pushed out of the school because number one they were trying to get away from all that segregation and started bringing blacks into the school. And the first thing they did was hire a black coach, which they didn't like. And a lot of folks around town didn't even like the fact that it was getting, uh, I can't even find, think of the word for it. Uh, basically integrating, yeah, and, integrating, yep, yep, yep. integrating the schools, which made it more beautiful. And the thing is, you had so much race relations in, in there, but you, the, the base, the, the best thing in the world. And I wish folks would be like this today because this is the same thing in the, in the military. Mm-hmm. I've seen it myself. Okay. Like when it, when you don't see color, it gets to the point where you don't see color. It's like you American, we all on the same team. Yep. You probably from this state or whatever the case may be. We fighting for the same motherfuckers and we trying to get this shit done, this, that, and the third. That's what it's about. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Remember the Titans when the black, the 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 black, the players. When the black leaders on the team mm-hmm. and the white leader on the team, they they was bumping heads this that, and the third, and then all of a sudden, because they both played on defense, but then they both came together and was like, "Hey, we need to squash all this shit. We need to come together, and this is for the team." And when they did come together, they became best friends. Like for life, like brothers and shit, the, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it to the guy, you know, died, of course. Mm-hmm. But 
when people seen that that started the whole revolution it was like hey we need to come together we need to do this yep. the dude even dissed his girlfriend because of the fact that she didn't want to be with him to do this that and third with him because he was a nigger lover mm-hmm. yep, yep. <laughs> yep 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 so but she switched it up at the end his mom switched it up at the at well she switched it up in the middle mm-hmm. the middle of it because he kept pushing and pushing and she, you know and it, it was just like so beautiful throughout and and i and i kind of love it too because i remember the point where when uh the coach that was supposed to play for the school that got he worked under coach boom which was denzel washington mm-hmm. and he was like he was cuddling the black players and then when denzel called him out like hey why is you over there kind of babysitting these kids mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, oh nah, you you going too hard on the what? I'm going too hard on the with the, all the black kids. I'm going on hard on the white kids too. But I don't see you coming them. You it, when he took, flipped that and was like, you crippling them, you crippling them for life. Yep. I was like, oh, this, this shit is powerful. That's just powerful, man. Yeah. I, in, in the back of my head, I wish that people could watch this damn movie and just be like, yo. We need to be all on the same page. Like the whole goddamn nation. I ain't gonna say the world, cause the world is, they kinda towards that shit. But what, what's, what's affecting us as a nation is the fact that we have a race, a race problem. Yeah. You go outside the country, they don't have that damn problem. But they know we got a race problem. The only thing they look at is, you American. Whether you black, white, Mexican, whatever the fuck. Soon as they see how you talk this day and the other, the way you mm-hmm. dress, they'll be like, oh, you American. We don't like you. That's what they don't like. So it's a whole different goddamn story when you go outside the damn country. And a lot of people don't see that shit. All they do is see the shit in front of them. I'm like, yo, it's a big, a bigger picture to this goddamn program. And when people realize that, hey, if we put this damn code, this racial shit to the side, this day and the other, and work unified with each other, oh, we will be running this damn world mm-hmm. literally bro literally bro but uh <laughs> see but i i don't have like a, a stat in front of me though but uh to my understanding um america's biggest problem right now is also what makes us the most unique country in the world Cause I, I, I believe and, and and correct me if i'm wrong other countries may not have a race problem because we're the, like one of the only countries to have every single fucking race in the world in one place because like in Spain they're all fucking Spanish and they're all like the same fucking race and England may be a lot closer to us but most countries only have that one group of people there nah not, nah bro it ain't like that it ain't like that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you mm. when I went to Japan bro they had goddamn Jamaicans over there <laughs> That's crazy. I swear, I, I put that on every day. These motherfuckers own businesses, all types of shit. Hmm, okay. I was like, what the fuck? Shit, shit blew my fucking mind. Like, imagine. literally. It blew my mind. <laughs> then, when you go to Hong Kong, this is another thing. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people shouldn't. Some people know this, some people know, don't know that. I'm walking around trying to find out where this uh, certain place is at. Don't nobody talk no goddamn English. Then all of a sudden, I hear somebody British talk over there. And mm. then I'm like, hey, man, where this place at? And then it was like, yeah, it's over there, Mike. <laughs> if you go over there, Mike, blah, 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 blah. Because of the fact that the British took over there back years yeah. before when they took over. But they some of them still there. 
That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? When they gave back the country. Uh-huh. So you got them over there. Then you go to Spain. Spain Spain is is pretty much how you said it is. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that one dominant color, but it's a little switch. It's a just a little bit like a sprinkle here, sprinkle mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you go to Dubai, Dubai is a melting pot. Dubai is a melting pot. Uh, yeah. Australia, same episode. thing. Yeah. Australia is the same shit. It's a melting pot. Really? Because of the fact that the people that ended up going to these countries, majority of them are, they either stayed there. They either, to me, I think they either military and then they mm-hmm. end up going there. Mm-hmm. And then they just stay there for the rest of their life. And it's just years, years, years combined down the line, this, that, and the third. That's the reason why you start seeing all these different colors and this, that, and the third in these places. That and maybe jobs, I would say. Certain jobs end up moving right. there, then they move there, too. But, yeah. But, man, yeah, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's all over. When people mm-hmm. think they, oh, this, that, and third, it's almost like, for example, if you go to fucking South Africa, you probably see more white people than you see black. Yeah, because the Dutch, <laughs> because basically the Dutch conquered South Africa and all moved exactly. there. And all moved there. So, so like, <laughs> Shirley Theron, I like the actress. Yeah, she's the actress. Yep, yep. She claims that she's South African. I guess she is, but really she's just Dutch. But no, but if she put on a damn, like if you was to put on a uh, on an application. What she put on African? <laughs> African. Yeah. She had to put African. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She was, if she was born there, she had to put African. Yeah, because that's technically, <laughs> yeah, that's technically her nationality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That shit fuck people up, all these damn titles and shit. She ain't get no but job. Nah, she ain't get no fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, I just think that, uh, nah, it's just, you know, we got that problem though, and then, and the only reason why I say that we got that problem, and I hate to bring politics in this, Russia know that, and that's the reason why they fucking digging, they up here putting signs and shit about Trump and what he said mm-hmm. and all this other shit mm-hmm. to kind of divert people and you know fuck people up worse. Even though he do say some fucked up shit, they up here adding more salt to the grain. You know what I mean? Yep. So you, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I just. I wish we would get unified, but I don't want to go more into detail with that. Yeah. I just think in, in a perfect world, we would. But I, this is something I would agree with. You might not agree with me on this, Evan. But if they started some shit where certain countries do do this shit, when you're either 18 years old, uh-huh. you either have to do two or three years community service or you had to do some type of enlistment in the right. in the armed forces, mm-hmm. right off rip, right when you either when you got school, it's either that or that. And granted, yeah, you could be going to college, but you're going to be doing the community service. Mm-hmm. It's either that or you're going to enlist in the army, navy, whatever armed forces they got. But the thing about it is, it's giving you more discipline and you right. making and making you see beyond what you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, in your in, in your uh, world today. Make you see outside the boundaries and shit. Yeah, I mean, that's not like a bad idea at all. Uh, because uh, especially with us millennials and how fucking entitled and fucked that we are, uh, like that, that's something that, that probably could definitely help us out. Um, now, the crazy thing about remember uh, the crazy thing about um, remember the Titans when that movie came came out to me at least, 
it seemed yeah. like that culture of that movie was a distant fucking thing. But I feel like now, granted, like you said, on what's going to probably, probably be our after show about an experience you, you had in middle school. But I feel like in the 90s, early 2000s, that was kind of few and far between to where there were some little pockets, pockets of a racism, but everybody was against the racist motherfuckers. So, like, when that movie came out, like, damn, like, shit, shit was fucked up back then. But now, that shit has come back around to, like, it feels like it's the fucking 30s or most again now. So, it, it crazy yeah, to me that, 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 uh, that, um, when you brought up that movie, I thought about when I first watched it, like, yeah, this is a crazy movie about the past. But now it seems like that movie is fucking relevant today. Which is sad as fuck, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, man. Every time I watch that movie, like, it give me goosebumps, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it give me goosebumps because I love the movie a lot. Wifey love the movie. Mm-hmm. Hell, motherfuckers I work with love that damn movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of them movies, man. It's a it's a, a very cultural binding movie yep. that I think everybody should see. Mm-hmm. Agree. Uh, shit, that might be my number one if it was actually in order. order. Shit, it, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, I was just saying, yeah. <laughs> but also, what's cool about that movie is it's about race, but it's not really about race. It's about unifying the race, mm-hmm. and, and, all, and also like the. It wasn't like the black players and, and the white players were like of different classes, and like the white and black players were being treated like terribly. This had like some, some little rumbling, but. They're on the same team. Unlike most of like the black movies that honestly in the last fifteen years or so, because kind of sidebar, there's only one movie on my list that that's about any type of racism at all, and it's not in the way that you think. And that's on purpose because and it made it hard for me to get a list because every black movie, especially from the year nine, like two thousand on, is all about racism. Like fifty years, I mean, I seven years of slave, the help. Butler, we're, we're we're in fucking positions of being fucking servants and not being treated properly, and we're and we're just fucking underdogs. So I try to not have any movies on my list. So honestly, I don't have any movie on my list that we're racial underdogs. But that movie was great because it focused more on the unification mm-hmm. and like they worked like they were servants, and like they were like the. White students, fucking jockeys, or some shit like fucking Bagger Vance or some shit. They're on the same team. Had they overcome their differences to fucking unify? So I do like that about the movie because like the the black coach, I mean like Denzel was a head coach, then like the white guy was like the assistant coach. So like they're they're either on equal playing fields or the black person, which is rare in movies now, is in the has like the upper hand like in terms of like titles at least. So like that's why like. That movie is so good. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. All right, my first movie. Which one do I want to do first? Because I also try to pick movies that I think that you wouldn't pick, so we can have like uh, like a some good talks about like very movies. So I'll do the one first that I think that you may not have, have even heard of because this movie was so fucking low key. I saw I saw a trailer about it, and I made Lawrence go to a movie. And see it with me, and he had never heard. I think he, he had heard about it before, and so this movie was produced for under a million dollars, and it was co-financed by the WWE. Vince McMahon and his wrestling. Oh yeah, I think I seen this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And um, so this movie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nah, it's a it's a black cinema. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it stars uh one of the stars of that show on Showtime, uh, Shy Town. Okay. Um, so I think Jacob Lattimore. Okay. And it, and it also stars as the antagonist, uh, that black dude from Psych, and uh, he also was the uh, owner on Ballers. If you've seen that show before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dulé Hill, but it's called Slight, like Slight of Hand. So it's kind of like a superhero movie, but not from a comic book superhero. It's about this kid who. Who, who, who was really smart, and like his parents died when he was really young, well, like, like a teenager. So uh, he had to drop out of school, say fuck a scholarship, so he could take care of himself and like his kid sister. So he did have to sell drugs for it, but they they made a point in the very beginning of the movie to say that he 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 did what he had to do to take care of his family. So it's, it's him and like his sister. So like he does sell drugs to take care of her. So then as the movie starts out, he's doing like some magic tricks on the street because uh that it's called sight like sight of hand. So then like he's moving shit with his mind and everybody's all amazed by the shit. So then like so it's kind of like some Houdini type shit, some black okay. lightning type shit and and a crime story all in one because because uh, um it is very based in our world besides one key feature because he's so smart. He's like a scientist. He invented a fucking, what do you call it? Cause I'm not a science guy. He invented like an electromagnet and put it inside of his body, which allowed him to move things with his mind. So he, he got all this money from being like a, a street, a street, a, what do you call it? A street, uh, magician. Okay. Because people are so amazed that he can do all this shit. All of the side of handshake, but he's doing it because but he's cheating because he's using his powers. Because he's using his body, yeah. Exactly. So then he gets in kind of uh, too. He gets in too deep with uh, Dule Hill and like his game because um, Dule Hill p- plays like a uh, like a puff daddy type drug dealer, like like he's real flashy and shit. But but he's also kind of laid back. But he starts killing people and shit, and then like he gets mad at Slight. Uh, Jacob Lattimore because um I can't remember all of the plot honestly but yeah but so I, I'll keep it pretty short and then like it has a good subplot with him and his sister just trying to make it and then he start he starts to use his power for evil to get more money and shit but then like he um he comes to terms with the fact that he should use his powers more responsibly and, and like he has to take down like his uh, drug kingpin who, who starts murdering people to be the best drug dealer in town oh what happens what happens is. Dulé Hill sends him on a mission to spy on this other drug dealer who, who's taking over his turf. So, then uh, Jacob Lattimore gets kind of into deep because of that. And then, like, he had, then, like, he meets this girl. And like, Spider-Man, he has to keep canceling dates so he can go help the drug dealer guy. And then, like, you find oh, out that that chick has a fucked, like, they have, like, two dates She's a perfect girl, of course, and then she keeps staying over at his house because she can't go home because her parents are beating her up. So it has, like, all these layers to it, man. And uh, it's probably, like, close to two hours long, and it's written by a black dude, directed by a black dude. The only person who's not black in the cast it is the girlfriend. She's maybe Hispanics or, like, a mixed race. And um, 
some of Dulé Hill's goons are, are white dudes. But yeah, but it's a really good movie, man. Um, if you can find it streaming anywhere, you, I would definitely say watch it because yeah, it was made under a million dollars and made like three millions, which is, seems like a shitty figure. But if you make a movie for under a million and you like triple your uh, budget, that, that's really fucking good. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see that. It's I, good, bro. I can't even. I can't even comment on because I ain't even. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. That shit was good as fuck. Like Lars was fucking, and uh, people in the audience might notice already if you listen. But that's my um, older brother. He was skeptical about going to see it because it was that or some other movie that came out at the same time. Like, nah, man, fuck that other movie, bro. I'm telling you, man, let's fuck with this slight. They let me walk out of the movie. Like, you're like, God, that shit was calling a motherfucker. Man. It's almost a, 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 the only downside of the movie was it had a black dude selling drugs to me. But at least it made sense <laughs> for that plot. He had a very plausible reason. And, like, dude was a smart as fuck. Then, like, his teacher was a, his mentor and shit. Then uh, when his powers weren't strong enough to take down, like, the, uh, the crime bosses, he finds that teacher. Then, like, oh, also, like, like any Marvel comic book, his powers are killing him because he had, like, metal in his body. That he put there himself, so it, that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of like Tony Stark. Exactly, bro. Yeah, his yeah. powers are, that makes sense. are killing him and shit. So he goes to like his old uh, a mentor, like, bro, I need your help. Like, you're like, what the hell do you do to yourself? And so, he, so then, like, his mentor, like, in, in any fucking Marvel movie, because like they always lose in the beginning. Then like they have to go back yeah. and power up, basically, like fucking Dragon Ball Z. Then, uh, <laughs> then uh, like they go out in a fucking. Uh, Start fucking shit up. And then, like, yeah. the last scene in the movie, he finally puts on a costume, but we never see it. <laughs> probably, probably up because of, of, uh, of, like, the budget. But, yeah, so, you, you haven't seen this, so I'm gonna have to stay on it for long. Anyone in the audience who hasn't seen it, it's called Slight, spelled S-L-E-I-G-H-T. And it's, it's just damn good. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. You can probably get it on iTunes because I think that I think I had to actually physically pay for it though. But I'll tell you, bro, it's worth paying for. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's my first choice. Uh, what's your uh, second? Uh, my second, I'm gonna go towards uh, coming to America. Okay. Okay. And I chose that one because of, I remember watching it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I thought Zumunda was real. Oh, I, hell yeah, I did too. <laughs> I think everybody did. Yeah. I thought everybody did because I saw that shit and they said the prince and this and that. Man, that movie, it, it just brought black empowerment exactly. and it showed us that we were beautiful yep. and all that from from the from the dancing scenes to everything being uniformed, even though they had you know little jokes here and there, but man, that shit was beautiful. And I literally, I remember I asked my mom back in the day, I was like, "Yo, like I thought Zuda was real." And yeah, she, I don't think I asked her, but I I did look it up, and I found <laughs> out I wasn't, but. <laughs> It's just the princess and princesses and all that and beautiful black people. That shit, yeah, that shit. Don't get me wrong, that shit is real, but that's the shit that 
people don't tell you about like it's not like televised or historic wise or this that, any other anything black that brings you up that's like some truthful some truthful shit you would never hear America about it. and is, that's why yeah, America is not letting that shit be public even yeah if, you you get yeah. oh, I'm sorry but uh, yeah go ahead go ahead even TCT bro the church channel there's yep. all this shit about let's help let's feed the children is always parts of Africa that the fucking kids got fucking flies in their fucking face the bellies are all fucking uh, bloated and shit from, from fucking malnourishment when we were growing up we had no examples of how beautiful Africa Africa is we, they only show the fucking slums yep and you know that's that's what kind of like upset me, but it was showing with that, you know, I said Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, you know, uh, James Amos, Sam, yo, Samuel Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, that fine woman, uh, yeah, Louis, 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 for real, like, yo, they had some characters to that, James Earl Jones, like, James Earl, yo, like, it was, it was a unique movie in its entirety and what's about to piss me off is they about to reboot that and I'm like are you serious that's that's another thing I'm getting pissed off at they trying to reboot every freaking movie because they can't think of nothing original themselves and it's bugging the shit out of me some of these classics mm-hmm. classics I like don't fuck with it like, like don't fuck with that that movie don't fuck with it if you're going to reboot it or just, no, have a part two. No. I'd rather for you have a part two to reboot this no, shit. No, this is a part two. It's coming to America, like T-T-O-O, uh, 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 the whole cast coming back. Yeah, but how they got it, I heard it was, uh, like, Eddie Murphy is kind of briefly and like, somebody else playing a different part and shit from what I yeah, heard. I think the bulk of it is going to be about him and, uh, was it Elisa? Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. They're children, but uh, he did have something to do with it. But and then also because fucking Eddie Murphy knows that he he probably he probably can't carry a movie anymore. But yeah, so <laughs> I guess he kind of like to call it like a sea uh, boot or some shit because it's a sequel slash reboot. Yeah. So yep. Oh, that's true. You're right. Yeah, that's why I'm just just not a fan of that shit, I man. They just need to keep. Keep stuff, the like the originality how it is. Think of something on your own. Cause I, I man, I'm just hearing all these reboot. The only reboot I, I should hear if it's a Marvel movie and Fox, right? Like they was in a production. That's the only thing I would hear. <laughs> or Sony was in production. And they was like, yo, Marvel, you know, Marvel Studios take it over. That's all you got to reboot. Yeah. I would hear. Like for real, real talk. If it's self original, just leave it how it is. But overall, great movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy and them killed it, yeah. man. Had, had you laughing from scene to scene. People still talk about this from sexual chocolate mm-hmm. to, to, uh, you are the queen to, to me. Yeah. <laughs> to me love, to me love. I oh, for real. Oh my goodness. He's like that. Yeah, he's like that boy. Good, that boy. Good. Yeah, good. Terrible. And it tied in. It tied into fucking changing places. Cause like on that same scene, uh, on that uh, to be love scene, 
That was dope. Prince Hakeem gave the fucking money to those guys, like a thousand fucking dollars, and then it was the same yep. dudes from the other movie. That's probably the first Same time you saw a shared universe. Yeah, that that was. They beat Marvel by like thirty years. <laughs> if be honest with you, yeah. If be honest with you, I love to see that they did trade places too a year, yeah. and then the dudes he gave money to, you know, I think they probably old as hell now. I think they're both dead. The dudes, huh? I, I'm pretty it sure probably they're both is. Dead. <laughs> it probably is. If they were to get into it now, I'd be like, yeah, man, well, well, I thank you for the money. This was shit like yeah. that. That'd be dope. But yeah, man, that shit. Hey, Murphy. Hey, Murphy was on fire. Year. Yeah, man. Then he about to come back too. Uh, I don't know if you've, I seen the one thing on Netflix where he was with, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. uh, comedians getting coffee yeah. or whatever. And, and then he said, he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to do some stand up here, do a couple movies. Is that third? And then he said, once after all that shit done, done know it, I'm going back into shelter mode. Like, going right back home and sit over my head again. I'm like, damn. <laughs> he was just like, I, I'm just doing it just to have fun. A lot of people requested me, but I think it's time. But he was just like, I'm enjoying where I'm at. And, you know, I don't blame him. Because yeah. he, he hit the ceiling and back, and now his money making money for him. So it's kind of like, Dude, I don't got to do nothing. I'm, I'm chilling, shit. People want me to get out here, hell. <laughs> but uh, not to uh, down talk Eddie, because uh, Eddie is great. So before I down talk him a little bit um, with uh, nah, go a ahead, joke, go ahead. I'll say this. Uh, Eddie Murphy, this is uh, a hot take, might be the best thing that happened to black cinema ever. Because he was the first person who made all, all these black movies back to back to back to back to where we weren't slaves. We were uh, proud. We weren't, and, and the movie weren't about racism. There's great movies that happen to have a black cast. And then since then, it's gone downhill. But for all the movies he had, that little pocket of the 80s to the early 90s, every movie he had was never focused on fucking, oh, besides trading places a little bit. But otherwise, though, he, he had some kings and queens, uh, business owners, because cause even McDowell's, which is a funny concept, but he was a business owner. And then, like, he wanted his daughter, like, to take over his business. And then we had uh, Eric LaSalle also came, also came from a good family. So, all the good shit. But my thing is, if Eddie comes back, he needs to worry about two things. Number one, I think it's been too long. And at this point, he's better off not coming back. So, he'll still be one of the greatest stand-up comics ever with two perfect excuse me, um, comedy movies. I mean, stand-up movies, rather. Then two, he's going to fuck around and fucking Malik Gilbert himself. <laughs> that's why, uh, like, he, 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 that's why, like, that's why, like, in, in 90s, uh, he did that pivot and did all the kids' movies and shit because, like, he had that bad uh, fucking pub for when he picked up that transsexual t- saying that he was giving her a ride. Well, he, that person a ride. So now, in, in this current climate... Like with cancel culture, and when, people, when shit goes on 30 years ago, comes back and bites you in the dick, I think he, he, he's going to have that to worry about. Well, hey, I don't think he got to worry about that too much because uh, Dave Shapiro already got a lot of stuff in question. True, at me. true. <laughs> it's gonna be... That's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> I don't know. We, we, yeah, we, we got to hit that one later mm-hmm. on. Down line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's your next one? So we'll keep the Eddie Murphy train going. Uh, so this is uh, so these movies 
formulated my childhood to where I never thought that I was less than any other race because of movies like this. Because like I said, in the 80s, 90s, all of the black movies, they didn't really focus on a racism. Like, even Juice, there were there street kids, but they weren't like ghetto street kids. Because as I may have said on this show before, if not on this show, I know I've said it on a podcast before, the two worst movies for black culture in the history, for me, are uh, Boys in the Hood and Friday. Because okay. since Boys in the Hood and Friday, every movie's been a slapstick black comedy in the hood or a, a, a hood movie where, where everybody's fucking, their lives are shit and like they're barely keeping their heads above water. Before those two movies, black cinema was more balanced out. But in any event, my next movie is a boomerang, probably the best romantic comedy in history. And I think this I think this is on my soundtrack list as well. But for the actual movie, Boomerang is a nearly flawless movie, although it is two movies in one. The first half and the second half are completely different movies, but all great. Like John fucking Witherspoon had a mushroom belt in a mushroom suit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking so many jokes and jokes and jokes, and then and boomerang. All of the women in the movie were in positions of power. He got used for sex, and fucking Robin Gibbons left money on his nightstand. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, yeah, and then like you fucking pulled to cover up on himself to cover himself up because he felt dirty. Then Grace Jones tried to fucking Harvey Weinstein. Uh, him and Eartha Kitt did Harvey Weinstein him. He fucking get a job, but he didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> you know how crazy that shit is, bro. Then it it, it introduces all the fucking Jennifer Martin, uh, fucking Chris Rock was in that bitch. Uh, Martin was in that bitch in a very good role. Yeah, <laughs> it's the only time the fucking Tommy Davidson, Tommy Davidson. I mean, I mean. I, not Tommy Davidson. Uh, David Allen Greer has ever been good besides In Living Color? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it has so many layers to it, man. It's, 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 just, it's just a great movie. And then, <laughs> when, uh, David Allen, like that Thanksgiving scene was hilarious for so many reasons. Like when, uh, this might have been on the outtakes because I like the edition has like, has like a lot of, um, special features, but when John Witherspoon and his wife went to the bathroom to fuck, and then <laughs> and then like and then like Marcus and uh David Allegri's character was uh, like hey man, so where's your parents? are like, man, like, man, like, like they in the bathroom like, they're both in the bathroom? Like they fucking, man. <laughs> nah, that, yeah, that it was, was no, that It was, okay. Nah, that was on real movie. That shit was funny. <laughs> that shit that was funny. funny. And it's also one of those uh, movies that you watch it as a kid, you find like little dumb jokes funny. But then as an adult, all the fucking nuances to it, it has so many layers of fucking comedy in it. Mm-hmm. It's probably a, a film that you can watch once every ten years and, and, and glean something else from it. Yeah, you're right about that one. And then I also like because, because like I said, like the theme of my list is. Uh, movies, for the most part, where, where, where the characters are affluent, well, affluent, and like the and the, and, and all had good jobs. They were all yeah. Um, and then in the business and in the creative field, they had nice houses. Like Marcus had a flat screen TV in 1992. 
Yeah, I know. That shit was <laughs> that shit blew my mind. Uh, like my white friend, who uh, well, my friend, my friend. I should say like that. That's fucked up me saying my white friend. I was at like his wedding the other week, but he he's the first person who told me about that movie because that's also one of his favorite movies. Like, bro, how did Eddie Murphy have a flat screen TV in '92? <laughs> I know. That shit crazy. That shit was crazy, bro. Then, uh, Marcus was probably the first black Trekkie. Because, like, like there's a Star Trek. And yep. That's not my nerd bag, personally, but I respect it. Because he was a cool, because, like us, he was a cool dude who has nerdy, who, who has nerd shit, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nearly perfect film. Besides, like I said, the back half of the movie was completely different in tone. And it, it made it seem a little bit long as an adult, but overall, great movie. Yeah, I love that movie, man. That's one of them, I was about to put that on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still watch it today. A lot of people don't know about that movie. Yeah. Because it get, it get forgot about to these millennials. Yep. But that way, shit. They don't know about it, but that shit funny as hell. And apparently, uh,. I went on one date with this uh, young lady, and she told me that BET or some other black uh, network had a boomerang show, like a series. Yeah, it was BET. And I had no... I don't think it was on... It wasn't on the same level, though. Oh, yeah, of course not. Because, as you said, reboots. Yeah, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, And apparently it was uh, made by the same woman who does... Uh, the shy. Okay. And, and then I, I have no access to to BET, so I'll probably never. Uh, no, I, I'm lying. I have BET, but but I, I don't watch it because uh, you ain't missing yeah, it. <laughs> I don't watch it either. Because BET is straight trash. I mean, well, BET as I remember it, I'll say it's straight it, trash. It, back in the day, yeah, I know. Back in the day, that was the shit. Nineties. Now, bro, that shit. Ooh, that is, you can't even get a damn music video no more. That's all. Like everybody stopped getting music videos. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at a music video, you gotta go on yep. YouTube. Cause how many? That's sad. How many episodes of the the Jamie Foxx show do we need to see in, in, in one day? I know. Or Mario. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, the or uh, like the Wayne Brothers. The Wayne Brothers was a show as a kid. It was hilarious. But even as a teenager, that yeah. shit is fucking trash. Yeah. Acting wise, plot wise, everything. Wayne Brothers is one of the worst shows ever. But as a kid, I loved it. Yeah. Man, it's bad. <laughs> Dumpster fire trash. Um. All right. Uh, what is your third entry? My third entry. I'm going to stay on Eddie Murphy. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with Harlem Nights. Ah, good choice. And with this one, I, lo- I love this one because of the fact that you had, I'm going to say, it, Hall of Fame yep. comedians in this movie. You had... The dream team of comedians in this movie, and they wouldn't. You could say they were past their prime, but I don't even think they were past their prime. <laughs> no, because uh, 
Red Fox was so hot at that time. Uh, and then yeah, Richard Pryor, he he was coming down a little bit, but that's good. Like, he was on them drugs and fucking set himself yeah, on fire on and drugs shit. And... <laughs> I know. Man, like, it was crazy. From him, uh, what's his name? From, uh, I can't think of Robert Harrison. Yep. From yep, Baby yep, 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 yep. He was on that mm-hmm. mud. You had Charlie Murphy. He was on there, even though he didn't really say too much. I mean, oh, I forgot her name. Uh, Pinky Toe. I mean, name for like, yo, Dillery, yeah. She's, man, she killed it. Like, it was just a dream team mm-hmm. full of folks. And it was, and it, oh, the thing I really loved about it too, you've seen black people. Like I said, I like the mafia, mm-hmm. you know, criminal type shit. They was, he owned the candy store, but he also had a casino inside the candy store. They, the candy store was camouflaged mm-hmm. for it. So he had his shit making almost like 20000 a damn night. You know what I'm saying? People coming in, you know, it was kind of like, you know, black, uh, black unity mm-hmm. and black, uh, black unity ownership. Everybody looking beautiful. Like, it was just on a whole nother level. And then you had to the point where, you know, folks, you know, saying, hey, you know, the uh, Italians, hey, nah, you can't do this. We need our money. You up here making money outside. You know, they trying to muscle them. But the thing is, they so smart because everybody getting a fair share that they was like, oh, we about to knock this motherfucker out, run, and then start up somewhere else. Shit was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that movie. I got there. One of my favorite, one of my, fa- I got several, <laughs> several favorite scenes in there. One of them is when dude was like, yeah, he got old dude so hooked. He's like, you could throw her pussy in the air, it'll turn into sunshine. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, Red Fox, he's like, yeah, man, he had a nigga change God. (laughs) 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 Or when when the motherfucker was like, because I remember, uh, what was it? It was on one of Maya X, Master P, folks. She had this this scene on her shit. And he was like, when the dude called his wife, he was like, the same dude, he was like, hey. He was like, hey, uh, I don't know his name. Charlie, yeah, blah, 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 his daddy, you know what I'm saying? Put mommy on the phone. And then she said, hey, listen, you know, I ain't come to hold her, boy. Take it easy. And then I got the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Because the girl had him so hooked. That shit was funny. It was so funny. And, and, and the crazy thing about that part, though, it's so funny that it's, it's realistic it in a way. Because, you know, motherfuckers... Females can do that to a dude if they can play their cards right. They yep. can do that to a dude if a motherfucker be hooked like yep. a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> shit was crazy. But another one of my favorite scenes is when, uh, when Arsenio Hall, yeah, he, I forgot. Oh, he, he was in that hole too. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Came with a motherfucker cry. It's like, man, you killed, you like, you killed my brother quick. He started shooting. <laughs> And then he threw that. He said, "Oh, dude, like put that motherfucker away." He's like, "You ain't gonna do the way with that shit, little shit." That shit was funny as hell, <laughs> man. 
Yeah, it had me dying laughing. <laughs> dying. And it, what was crazy about it was, if you think about all the characters in there, hell, what? I'm trying to think what the hell did actually Eddie Murphy do that was so damn funny. I can't even he was think of that because everybody. Th- oh, I'm was, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The only thing that he did a note in that movie to me was when he shot off Ogre a pinky toe. That's it. Pinky toe. Yep. That was mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that was it. That was it. He got his ass whooped for the house. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that was, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Other than that, it took off just from everybody else's perspective. I mean, even Richard Pryor, we were staying like cool collectives mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> When the dude, he had the stuttering proud of the boxer, yep. and he was stuttering hard, hard as shit. He was bad. <laughs> he was like, oh, ah, 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 And Rich Brown was like, you understand? He was like, you understand what I'm saying? Rich Brown was like, yeah, I was saying, nah, it, it took me a little bit. <laughs> 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 nah, <I understand. laughs> Man. Alright, man. Yeah, classic yeah. movie. Hands down. Um, <laughs> back when we were kids and I saw that for the first time, I didn't get it for some reason. But as an adult, I watched it again. I loved it. Like, as a kid, I think I think it's this. Because um, most of those jokes, for me, like being like four or five when I saw it, went over my head. So I thought it wasn't a comedy. But yeah. then as an adult, like you like brought up on like your favorite scenes, it's the, the, the comedy on that shit is so fucking it's almost how can I put it now sounding real fucked up it's kind of above your average black comedy in a way because like the jokes weren't really because yeah. just being honest because like this is family talking here uh, no, really. a lot of black comedy is kind of on the nose like women be shopping women be shopping like that bullshit <laughs> but yeah, I the reason that I kind of like white humor more sometimes because it's more satire and it's more dry. But Harlem Nights had like the quick little straight face comedy, which was I tend to like more. But as a kid, I didn't get it. But yeah, like yeah. Also, it's a black gangster movie, which is pr- pretty rare. Uh, 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 like in those days too. So yeah. So again, it shows it's a testament to the uh, power of early Eddie Murphy. But did you know that uh, they offered Bill Cosby a role in that movie, but he turned it down? Yeah, yeah, I heard Being about that. Being an motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, uh, recently, um, because because as you know, Richard Pryor's driver is is giving all these fucking interviews now. He said that uh, Eddie Murphy hated uh, for Richard Pryor. And then he did that movie with Eddie to make Eddie like him because because Richard respected and, and liked Eddie. And then he said that... I, I'm sorry, you know what's mm-hmm. crazy? I, I heard that on the flip because when you do it on the Netflix shit with What's Name, he was saying that What's Name didn't like him. Richard Pryor didn't mm. like him because he said he said that he felt like he was a threat, kinda in a way. Because when he came out, he came out so mm-hmm. hot. But Eddie Murphy was kind of just like, nah, man. He was like, shit, I looked up to you, hell. I ain't. <laughs> That's how Eddie Murphy put it on the on the uh, 
the comedy see but now yeah and Jay Seinfeld and Jay Seinfeld and then on on top of that too Jay Seinfeld gave Eddie Murphy props too because they came up same time I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know yeah. this but they came out at the same yep. damn time they, with yep. each other climbing mm-hmm. up but the day is Jay Seinfeld was just like he, he just looked at Eddie like Nah, man. He was like, dude, you left me and shit. You started doing movies and shit. And all Bro. <laughs> like, he, he put him out there. Like, Jerry Seinfeld was like, dude, I, I got to give it to you. Shit, you, you fucking made it. Like, Seinfeld got put on as a fluke, bro. Seinfeld wasn't doing shit before that show. Like, he was a, a comedian that all of the other comedians liked. But Seinfeld wasn't in no movies. He wasn't on no TV shows before his show. Yeah, that's what, yeah. And he and he, he he said that shit too. He was just like, man, he's like, shit, you made it way before me, yeah. man. Like, like you you was killing it, like straight up, cause cause they literally came from they yep. was at the same stand up comedy place together. Mm-hmm. That's how bad they they came up with each other. But they blew up. He blew up at different yep. times, like you said. Like Eddie Murphy took off. He started making movies back in the eighties. Daniel uh, third. Jerry Fazafit was still in the goddamn comedy yep. club. Then he got the damn the the show, and then from the show, then he, he blew the fuck up. And the bro, I don't know <laughs> how Seinfeld even got that show because, like I said, he he was like a local rapper, bro. He <laughs> was, you know, yeah, exactly. Oh, how, how exactly. he finessed his way into getting that show. But yeah, but, exactly. I don't know either. I give it to Seinfeld though. I do give it to Seinfeld. I do like Seinfeld. I like the episodes and shit. Hell, I'm surprised I ain't got the season. But I, the only reason why I, I started liking that and Married with Fox. Children is because, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. because, yeah, because back in the day, hell, I ain't yep. had no cable in my room. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, okay. So when I did the antenna, that was that was what came on. And then at first I wasn't even watching yep. it. But then all of a sudden I kept looking, kept looking. I was like, damn, this shit kind of, I was like, yo, this shit kind of funny. Sometimes it took like, a while to get into it. <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's, it takes yeah. a while because at first, like, it's so dry, like, us being black kids, yeah. we're used to a different type of comedy. But then, like, once yeah. you start seeing, like, all the fucking situations and shit you begin into, that shit, Seinfeld, if we ever do a top five shows overall, like, sitcoms, Seinfeld, even though it's not a black show, there's no black people in that show ever besides, like, that lawyer, Seinfeld is one of the funniest shows of all time, bro. Period. Yeah, I know. Seinfeld I know. Is, is one of the only shows that, that isn't overrated. Cause like you no know, people, oh Seinfeld's a shit. Seinfeld really does back that shit up, like that song, bagging it up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. See now, in terms of that that uh, beef of uh Richard and, and Eddie, it could be one or two things that they had other people in their ears talking about the other person, or Eddie could be lying. Cause uh, the uh, driver guy said that Eddie invited Richard to his house to talk about the movie. And then when Richard got there, it took Eddie Murphy an hour to come downstairs and talk to him. A fucking hour. Yeah. When, when, when he knew he was coming over there. That, yeah. yeah. I know, man. I, I, I feel you on that, too. But that, I don't know, man. We'll never, we really never know, know too, because... We'll never know. But that does sound like Richard Pryor died. That's the reason that why. That does sound like a shade to me. But yeah. we know that, that allegedly, oh, uh, this is joke time, by the way. 
Eddie Murphy <laughs> and uh, Pryor had the same kind of uh, hobby. <laughs> same as Young Buck and uh, Mr. C and a Mike Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. All right, it's my turn again, right? All yes, right, so sir. My third movie. Hmm, where do I want to go next? We'll go. This is my second most recent movie, but um, it's a movie that, in my opinion, is this person's best movie they ever made. It was also them trying to be like one of their idols, Woody Allen, because. Woody Allen has a history of writing his own movies, producing them, and directing and starring in them. Um, he's done that several times. And then um, this person has said that this movie was their version of a black Woody Allen movie. And if you're a Woody Allen fan, his movies are kind of hard to get into, like Seinfeld. But <clears throat> once you get into them, that shit is fucking hilarious. But the movie I'm talking about is the Chris Rock Magnum Opus Top 5. Okay. Top five is kind of what this show is based off of, bro. Yeah. Because top five, exactly. <laughs> top five, and because uh, the because you may not know this, the genesis of this show is I, I will go around work and tell people to give me their top five favorite rappers, just like the uh, all of the um, all of the press for that movie did. Could have like, and then also. In the movie, because like Seinfeld's on there, like gave his top five, which is crazy. Like Seinfeld can name five rappers. Yeah, I know, right? By the way, Seinfeld is one of the coolest dudes ever, man. Like, and Seinfeld <clears throat> is cool with black people for real. Nah, yeah, I know he really is. Because uh, there was that scene, or like that clip that went around a few years ago, that was actually from like two thousand two. It came out right after uh, C.K. Lewis. What's that dude's name? C.K. Anderson, the 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 white comedian who who had girls on the phone, listen to him jacking off. Louis C.K. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> Louis C.K. Ricky Gervais from the OG Office, Seinfeld, Chris Rock. So Louis C.K. was being really edgy and shit. In front of Chris Rock, so yeah, I love telling jokes about niggers. And then Chris Rock is very pro black, but he's laughing his ass off, acting like a little bitch. Then Seinfeld, like, whoa, 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 you can't say that, Louis. Like, right on the damn show, because Ricky of Gervais and the fuck Lucy Cam both bugging their eyes out, just trying to find their way to ease and say, nigga. Chris Rock can't say shit, but like, mm-hmm. Seinfeld kind of got his ass in a very in a very classic way, whoa, whoa, like, uh, like, there's, it's like, to me, there's no humor in that word, I never wanted to use that word in my bit, I, I don't want to find any humor in that word, that, uh, all three of, like, other words looking like, oh, uh, thanks for making it look like assholes, Jerry, so, like, i like, man, I got so much, I got so much fucking, I like, respect for Jerry Seinfeld, for that one scene, because the look on his face, he was disgusted by the motherfuckers, bro. Yeah, I know, right? But anyway, yeah. So top five was star studded. Had everybody come in and get her top five rappers. Um, it had a good plot to it, and then I think it's loosely based on Chris Rock's life, which is probably why like it, um, it, it was so good. It's probably the best movie he's ever been in. Because let's be honest, Chris Rock is one of the top five stand up ever, but his movies are typically trash. Yeah, I know. Uh... 
Don't you say Putin? Yeah. Don't you say Putin? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I think I love my wife. That was a good I, one. Yeah. I haven't seen that one all together yet. So, yes. Yeah, so yeah, I need to watch one. that one. Um, and uh, I, I did like the other one, too. I can't even think of it. It's based on another movie when he played a white guy. Oh, yeah. He's um, <laughs> a comedian. Back or some shit? I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I ended up using line on, hell, I think I used that line on my wife. When she was like, oh, you asked me out on a date? I was like, no, I'm just trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite joke on that movie is when he turns to the white guy, he he wanted to be like, uh, well, he went back to being like a comic, right? And the, the best part about that movie to me, it showed the difference between a black comedian, what they can say, and what a white comedian can say. Because, like, he, it was a good joke. He said, there's two types of malls in the world. There's the uh, white mall and the mall that the white people used to go to. So as a black comedian, mm-hmm. that joke was like, oh, shit, he's all right. But as a white comedian, it was cringeworthy. So that's that one joke to me in that movie saved that whole movie for me. But, um... On top five, though, uh, that one I think will stand the test of time, and it's his most personal work, it's his most well-written work, and, and, and like the whole top five little bio to it was was great, and then it has so many yeah, cameos: yeah. uh, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Bernie. I mean, uh, no, not Bernie Mac, Tracy Morgan. Uh, yeah, that tall, ugly. Oh man, I shouldn't say ugly. That tall. A uh, black lady from uh, from SNL and um, the Ghostbusters, uh, Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. It had everybody in it, man, and like it's his most cohesive plot. I like the subplot about him being like, like a drunk was good. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much all that I- I've got to say about our top five. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to think of it. Well, Top 5 was a... I like mm-hmm. it. It was a good movie. I just can't think because uh, DMX is in it. Yeah. Right? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then uh, Teddy the Entertainer when the <laughs> came through. <laughs> that shit was funny as hell. Uh, <laughs> bro, bro. That shit was funny as hell. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of that part, Chris also brought... He put a name to something that actually happens with host sleep. Hosting is a real thing, bro. As yeah. of course, you know, uh, from back in your single days, if you knew that a girl might come over or like a girl might call you, whatever, you. But you also want to get to sleep just in case it doesn't work out. You had host sleep, so you like half sleep, but you almost dressed, you fully showered and shit. Great, yeah. a great concept with a uh, with a Carly Red. Yep, yep, showers and yeah. Yeah, but that shit was good as fuck, man. Um, Alright, uh, what is your fourth, I believe? Film? Yep. My fourth film is... Alright, I'm gonna switch it okay. up on you again. Uh, I just made this quick okay. change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was struggling with it earlier and I had scratched it out, but then I was like, you know what? I'm bringing it back because I didn't remember Titans about to go, you know, my black woman mm-hmm. power and experience waiting to exhale. I know we brought this yep. up before in one of our other podcasts. 
but I had to bring it up for the black cinema, uh, black empowerment, of course, on the women's side, you know, they see the struggle they go through with black women, uh, you know, they, I, I, I'm, I'll get to that in a minute, because I'm about to flip the script, but, uh, Whitney Houston, uh, Angela mm-hmm. Bassett, uh, damn, I can't think of her name, she, she was fine in a mud, I love her little light-skinned ass. It's a lovely, light-skinned ass. Antoine yeah. wife, who Nikki Murphy got caught up uh, yep. canoodling with. She, she, she big as yeah, hell now. That girl huge. It's a, a travesty. But she was, she was, yeah, she was, yeah, she was yeah. bad than a motherfucker on there. Like, mm-hmm. man. Hey, glad you from women doing their thing, trying to find successful men to treat them right, and the majority of the men treat them like shit. Also, I think, all except for one, and that was the one with uh, what's her name? Uh, damn, I can't think of her name. She played so many movies. The big, yeah. the bigger woman. She, she, she uh, she mean the guy, but she was thinking like, oh, it's my yep, lady. That yep, was the yep. third, but the dude liked her for literally mm-hmm. who she was. Like literally, he loved her for who she was, and then, and then she was kind of struggling with that kind of like, well, damn. But she was just going through all this shit with her, you know, her ex-husband or boyfriend, whatever. So it was crazy. And then just to see all these, what these women was going through. And the one that kind of killed it was the one with Angela Bassett when she was like, and, man, <laughs> shout out to uh, Babyface of making the song. That, that soundtrack Burn. again, because I swear, the song, he came with Mary J. Blige. And when the scene hit, oh, man, that that shit was perfect. On the tape. I've been a lover in hey, your sacred hey. territory. Working seven days of the week. Days of the week. Woo! Killing it, man. That's why I was like, damn. I would stop breathing if you told me to. It. And I get busy fucking someone else. Woo! Yeah, man. Helping you get on he your feet. He lives yeah. <laughs> I was there like, damn. She doesn't have nothing to show. <laughs> Man. Every time I think about that, and then I think about the movie. The movie is just on point. When he left her for the mm-hmm. other woman. And granted, yeah, she was white and, you know, how that mm-hmm. shit rolled. You know, black woman was leaving and she was like, what the fuck? He was like, oh, rather she was black. No, she was like, I'd rather you were black. I was like, God damn. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn, like, killing her. That, that shit had me, and Sebastian tore it off, but then she did it on a good turn, but then she did it, she did it on a good turn, but then women thinking, a lot of women was like, oh man, I could go ahead and tear this nigga shit up, burn this shit up. But bitch, is you doing it for the right reasons, or you just doing it just because you see some shit in movies and think There's you got that power? never a right reason to burn up somebody's <laughs> property because you're mad at them emotionally. All she had to do was take them to the cleaners and the fucking courts. There's no reason why that young lady should have burned on the motherfucker house. So, ladies out Hell there, nah. don't take it to a whole nother level. Stay on that same level. I would rather she would have fucked his brother or something than fucking burn his house Yeah, for real. If they're burning up that man's shit, I'm like, damn. But yeah. Yeah, that shit was crazy, man. It was a great movie because cause I'm sure that we both saw that movie because our mothers and I like our grandmothers. 
Yeah, I I seen it because my mom my mom had seen it back when the day you know she seen it when we of course when we young when it came out. But then I had my assumptions of it because I was like, you know what, I actually want to see this movie. And then when I actually sit down and was able to see it, I was like, damn, it's mm-hmm. a really good movie. Yeah, it's a damn good movie. You it is. Damn age. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking holds up. That shit. Yeah, that shit. That shit crazy, man. Because shit. As a matter of fact, he came on earlier today. I had to change channel because my my kids was here, but my kids, I want my kids to pop out and see the damn movie and shit. Because it was the one time part where they was about to start fucking, uh, what was it? Winnie Houston and the dude was making all them damn songs. Like, <laughs> she like, <"Rrr." laughs> that shit was funny. <laughs> and the dude act like he do it so she was like, damn, I got a fucking, what, two, three minutes, what, one minute of this? You know what I'm saying? For you to be act like you in the damn jungle and ain't, like. Shit was crazy, boy. That shit was funny. Man. That movie was a glimpse at like the head inside of Hood Whitney too. <laughs> God damn, yeah. Um, what channel? I think that was on, like on Black Star. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I, I don't think I get Black Star yet because I've got to find that fucking movie somewhere. Like fucking watch that shit. Yeah, I feel. You. Yeah. Okay, so I got two left. Which one I want to go with? Um, one of these two, I, I know you, you probably never saw, and one you definitely saw. So I'm thinking, like, which one I want to go with first? I'll go with, yeah, because I'll end it on more of a positive movie. But so the one that um kind of talks about race, but not in a way that you think, and I uh. It came on all the time as kids on like Showtime, and I would always catch certain parts of it. I didn't see the movie in like his actual uh, chronological order until I was probably twenty 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 one, um, and it stars one of the star one of the uh, co stars of Boomerang, also was in Logan most recently, and also was from ER. Probably the the perfect person <laughs> to play this role. Do you, you know the movie I'm talking about? Nah, I don't know. Alright, excuse me. Oh, like, this movie was a, a Spike League joint in terms of he was the producer of the movie, but I don't think he actually uh, like, wrote it or did anything on it. But this movie about... Okay. Uh, what if, if you're a black person who's trying to uh, retain your blackness in like an Anglo-Saxon world, and what if you're kind of considered an Uncle Tom? So, uh, for people who... Um, it's kind of a superhero movie in, in, in a certain way, too, because, okay, it's called Drop Squad. So, essentially, the, the plot of the movie is Eric LaSalle is a guy who grew up in, like, uh, like the neighborhood, as they call it. Now, he's very educated and got out of the hood, and he works for, like, an ad company. And his family feels like yeah. he's abandoned his black side to be, to be more assimilated. And then, um, they have him do a campaign for uh, the first time that he ever leads his own campaign, but the campaign was selling fried chicken and malt liquor, and then like, of course, had like like really ghetto black people to um try out for the campaign. So he had his internal struggle mm-hmm. about doing it, but at the same time, he didn't want to be that angry black man at, at his firm. And then like, his, his family kept filling him again, and cl- like further and further apart from like his roots. 
so they called the Drop Squad. The Drop Squad was um being Rame and some other people I can't recall their names. But essentially, what they do is they will kidnap a black person and basically reprogram them. So the whole movie is kind of told in like a a nonlinear format because like the first scene of the movie. Eric LaSalle gets kidnapped by the Drop Squad, and they make him watch all like this shit about uh, Malcolm X, Maker Evers, seeing how on like how the system has made black people lose their blackness, and then it goes back in time and backwards and forwards in time and shows how Eric LaSalle got to where he is and how he kept saying fuck his family or how his family felt that way. So then he's the first person who, who ever kind of fought back towards on like Drop Squad and. Uh, I told him that they were also hypocrites because um, he still had like his blackness on the inside and like he, he was making some bad choices and shit, but some of it was what his family was doing because like he had a crackhead cousin who kept fucking up the family and shit, so he was hard on him because of his choices and shit. So it had a very nuanced take of, of the black experience and what we consider Uncle Tom's and why some people kind of stray away from their black um, origins when they make it big, quote unquote, and then um, it also showed other people get taken by the drop squad and how they acted after the fact. And then um, Vin Grimes gets so upset with Eric Lasalle that his his family wants him to be um, let go, but he won't let him go. So no, he's like, no, he's not ready yet. So then eventually, I think Eric Lasalle breaks free, and then um, he stops talking to his family because he finds out that like his family did it to him. So and um, it sounds kind of like a horror movie almost, but it's not. It, it it's a drama, man. But it's like a, it's a very heady psychological drama. And then typically, if a movie is like non-linear, it gets confusing. But this kind of aids and like and like the um, the uh, the uh, storytelling almost. It's a really good movie, man. Yeah. It's a really thought-provoking, deep-ass movie that talks about the. Blackness from every range of the spectrum. Damn. Damn, you be hitting, you hit me with these these other movies. I ain't seen. Yeah, so, uh, the drop squad is hard to find, bro. Um, it came on like fucking Showtime all the time back when we were kids and shit. I found it on DVD a long time ago, probably in, like the year two thousand or, or some shit. And uh, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Matter of fact, on that one. I'm going to look it up on fucking Amazon right now to see uh, if you can buy that bitch. Because, again, now, out of those two movies I told you about, Slight and this one, this is an overall better movie, but it's not as entertaining and fun as Slight, obviously. But it's a good movie, bro. And and I feel like any black person who, who's kind of surrounded in, in a white environment should watch this movie. Where the fuck is my Amazon app at? One second. But it's good as fuck, bro. And, like, there's other stars in it, too. Because I think the guy that plays uh, Shaft is in it, too. Shaft. Um, Drop Squad. Okay. Drop Squad movie. Let's see. I'm just going to look up real quick to see. 1994. 93% of people on Google like this movie. Oh, it, it might be on stars. No, dang. Let me see real quick. It is on stars, bro. Do you have like the uh, stars app? Yeah. 
one you can actually watch for free. And fucking no shit, bro. And Eric LaSalle is the perfect person to play that role. Because I guarantee that people, especially in the 90s, question his blackness. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, like, there's not much you can say about it because you haven't seen it before. But for you and people in the audience, especially if you have a Stars app, definitely a great movie to watch. It is very thought provoking and it is entertaining and it's very interesting. Because, um, legend has it that the Drop Squad was real at some point. I think they said in like the 70s or some shit. something to definitely check out alright um so what is your fifth choice alright my fifth choice is I'm gonna go to the I go to some more comedian like you know you brought it up earlier it's Friday <laughs> you know Friday you know not it's a whole bunch of lot lot to say about it of course just don't want to dwell on too much but uh ice cube first film directed put his mm-hmm. money in classic like in, in like everybody say that's a classic everybody have seen the movie it was a low what? budget film as well i don't even know how, how many probably probably was. under i know it was under i think yeah i know it was yeah I know it was mm-hmm. under 10. That's a damn show. Because <laughs> that was Ice Cube that he put his own money up for that. And then he ended up doing well. He still kept on doing movies. And he did Friday, next Friday, and Friday after next. People want him to do another Friday and have everybody mm-hmm. in there. But I don't think it's going to happen. Because, number one, he old. And Craig can't be that exactly. damn old still running around the hood and shit. Uh, that was the one with Smokey. It, I think... The, the thing that made that one so better than all of them because it was just so original right. it was yep, so yep, real yep. dude literally sat on his porch and had the neighborhood entertained mm-hmm. the whole time for the whole day I don't even know if people still do that shit nowadays like people just show their porch just chill and just like the no they just, definitely do Kind of entertain. I don't they think they definitely do that do. no more. The people who live right, right by my grandparents, well, my grandpa and, and yeah. moms, they they they're on the porch all day, and they have people come over all the time, and they're always laughing their asses off. So yeah, so that still happens. Okay. But yeah, man, that shit had me rolling from the beginning to end from. From you getting fired mm-hmm. on your day off, the Ezel, the Ezel act like the damn Ezel that you say by your goddamn house, yeah, shit, you motherfuckers gonna be stealing yeah, shit yeah. from folks and all that other shit. Shit is crazy. That's why I think when I hear Ezel, the first thing I think about they they thieves, like yeah. they sorry as shit. I don't know no Ezel, nobody with last name Ezel that's like work for shit. That's a sad thing about it. And then, you know, and then we show a movie, he up here still in his damn the third, then you got Devo, he just the neighborhood bully. Like, bullying folks, folks he know he can bully, this shit crazy. I was like, come on. But, you know, and it, it almost kind of remind me of when, uh, I, I, I used to tell my son this. When you go to the store, 
Uh, and this is back home and back in Saginaw, go to the store. I, when I was a kid, there was always somebody mm-hmm. out there and somebody would ask you for a yep. fucking dollar. Like, it's Chris Rock. Like, oh, Chris Rock, what you do is like, hey, man, let me hold a dollar. Like, dude was like, no, like, I ain't got a dollar holding you. And then somebody at the store always asking for some damn money. Like, hey, man, let me hold a dollar. Like, literally yeah. robbing you. And knowing damn well they're going to be at the store again. And then you really ask for your money. They're going to act like exactly. they can't give it to you. <laughs> shit's crazy that's why I was like man that Chris Rock that shit Chris Rock show that shit mm-hmm. funny as hell but nah from yeah Devo rolling around the hood stealing on folks you know stealing from folks is then the third uh big perm you know buy this money and shit motherfuckers over here about to kill somebody over two hundred dollars <laughs> that that, that. If you think about that shit, that shit funny. That's sad. About to kill somebody. That's very sad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn. Oh shit. Yeah. Um. Despite what I said about Friday and Boys in the Hood, they're great movies. It's just that the, the, the after effects of those movies is really the problem, not those movies themselves. And uh, Friday oh, and Boomerang are probably the two most quotable movies, but Friday wins by a large margin. I mean. I have a friend, actually, Randy, like, who's on the podcast network. He's never seen Friday 1, but he can tell you the whole plot because of how much people quoted the shit. No, Literally, bad. every line in Friday is pretty much quotable. The ham, no burger, the Kool-Aid, no sugar, <laughs> all that shit. The fucking shit jokes. Mm-hmm. All that shit. Um, now... Fucking... Fred Jackson, like, Jackson, come around, come out here. Um, my question is this, and then uh, Friday was definitely um a perfect storm because DJ Pooh, who I've never heard actually, DJ, he wrote that shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's he's written several several movies since that. But none are nearly as funny as Friday, and I wonder if it's because on Friday, I, I bet it kind of had like a, like a loose script that like they kind of said, okay, here's what's going on in this scene, go. And then with the, that cast is being all together, this is perfect fucking synergy and made it funny because it's rare that a person has one movie that great and everything else is pretty much close to being trash. Because yeah. uh, I'll go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, his his. Latest one that I saw was uh I think Grow House with uh Lil Duval and um and D Ray. While it had yeah. some kind of funny scenes, it's, it's not Friday at all. Shit. So, so I wonder if it's because it had a perfect storm of uh Chris Tucker being in his prime, Ezel being in his prime, uh everybody up. Yeah. Uh, Fuck John Witherspoon in his prime. So like, that's why I think maybe the reason why that movie's so fucking classic and everything else is fucking like Car Wash was trash. And like he also wrote that. Yeah, I know. I know. Dr. Dre and Snoop trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. DJ Pooh, yeah, he's a lot, yeah. Shit. He still gets roles, but them shits do not be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. All all other Fridays are watchable at least, but yeah, but 
all those other non Fridays. I'm sorry, go ahead. But I think I think the only reason why this shit hits this like you said earlier, because Ice Cube co wrote mm-hmm. it with him. That's probably the reason why the rest of them was yeah. trash. And then, you know, the the Friday wasn't. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause yeah, uh, cause Cube, I feel like, although like back in the day, he, Cube is pretty fucking diverse. Cause uh, he's a very serious guy, but he's also funny as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe that added um, co-op of him and um, Pooh isn't made it good. Now, where the fuck did Pooh come from? Oh, what do you mean, yeah. like, originally? Now, he actually, uh, uh, you know, music okay. Yeah, he produced, man, he produced a Tupac on fucking All Her? Eyes on Me. Yeah, uh, Ice Cube, uh, fucking Snoop Dogg, fucking, yeah, he produced a lot I of know shit. That. I'm, like, going through, looking at the shit, yeah. That's why I was like, at first I was like, damn, was he with it? I'm I'm kind of looking through his little uh, pornography and shit and discography bio. Yeah, discography. Yeah. Hmm. Cause I don't know for a fact if he was with Death Row, but I don't think he was with Death Row. I think he was just solo doing his own thing and he was mm. producing. Cause that's what it looked like. Cause when I look through his stuff, Death Row ain't nowhere near on here. And DJ Pooh's scene in Friday was pretty. Funny as shit too. I'm just tuck my eyes in. He mm-hmm. had a big ass black guy. But uh let me ask you this though. Being that uh Friday per- permeated our culture so deeply, can-, can you still watch Friday in 2019? Mm-hmm. Can yeah, because I can't, man. Cause I've seen it too many times. I- I, I could watch it, even though I did see it too many times. It's, a, it's like a once over, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Friday is a good movie to have on the background while you do other things. And mm-hmm. then, like, oh yeah, that's just funny. Then, like, go about fucking back in the kitchen. I mean, like, back in the living room or some shit. <laughs> yeah, and um, like the other movies that we spoke of that have all these reboots and sequels coming out, I think at this point, like you said. Uh, going back to that well, even if everybody's involved, would not be. Sometimes you can't go home again. Yeah. And uh, Chris Tucker, his center, his center put out was not that good. And I, I saw him twice in person at the Soaring Eagle, and he did the exact same performance both times. Most times, a stand-up would kind of change up a little bit. He did the exact yeah. same thing, same movement, same pauses, everything. I, I was offended. And it was like two years <laughs> apart. It was like two years apart. He did the exact same thing. Hell no. And he spent like the whole last 40 minutes on fucking Michael Jackson. Like, bro, this joke ain't funny no more, bro. Move on. <laughs> oh, Christmas. I'm going to call you Christmas. <laughs> oh, Christmas. Like, bro, shut your ass. So, I, so yeah, um, I, I agree with you. I don't think they should go back that well anymore. Just, just leave it be. 
Yeah. Or um, at least, like, don't call it Friday. If you were able to get Ice Cube, Mike Epps, Chris Tucker, Cat Williams, and wasn't D-Ray in the third one? Mm-hmm. A D-Ray. And then add in maybe little a Duval, get all them in the same movie. That could be really good, but just to make it a Friday. Yeah. Okay, so now we'll close out on my fifth movie. It probably won't take too long because, like a couple of our other choices, it's one that we talked about last time, which is Soulful. Yeah. For the same okay. reason we said of all of, of the other movies, it came out at a good time in my life to when like I was kind of getting a little bit older. I was seeing the world a little differently, and, and, and like it spoke very honestly about family dynamics, um, and yeah. it showed like the importance of having a family and how how there's that one centerpiece of the family where everything is tied to them. So like if that person dies or goes away, how the whole family can potentially break apart, but then. The good part is so at the end how they all got back together. Hell yeah! And that great cast and a great storyline, also a great soundtrack because they had like the Jew here. We're not making love no more. <laughs> and for the boys and men, Mama, you know I love you. <laughs> uh, sidebar, because not like much I have to say about soul food because they like we haven't. Uh, I spoke of anyway. Do you consider Boys of Men a boy band or R and B group? R and B group. I'm like the only person I know that I I don't consider R and B at all because it's way too popular for me, and I hate Boys of Men. But all of my white friends love Boys of Men. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then because I'm black, it's like oh, I, I bet you love Boys of Men. Like I fucking hate Boys of Men. Yeah, I, I, I love Boys Men too. Okay, besides Mama, name three good Boys Men songs. No, 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 no. Fuck that. Fuck that. What's the classic Boys and Men album? <laughs> yeah, classic. a body of work. I'm gonna have to go. Name some album oh, cuts. I don't have no single shit. <laughs> name some album cuts. You say? You album goes, uh, let me think, man. It's, alright, I'll go with, I ain't gonna go with, nah, nah, none of this new shit that's coming out with is no. legit. Cause you got, literally gotta go back all the way to, to like in the, in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say I gotta just go with the start, the start of it all. I'm gonna go with two boys and men. Was it two? It's two. Yeah, yeah, yes, yep, 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 yep. yep. The first one was like the uh, Cooley High Harmonies, and, and it was two. And then I stopped paying attention. And the only re- and the main thing I like about it is uh, on bending knee. That's an album cut song. though, bro. I mean, no, I mean, sorry, no, sorry. Oh, that's a single. That's a single, but that's my cut. That's on there, though. Nobody can name a Boys of Man album cut. Now, if I said 112, 
you can name some album cuts. If I say Drew Hill, you can name some album cuts. Even Jagged Edge. But nobody can name a, a boy some yeah. album cut that was burning. Yeah, because there's then it was just like really exactly. all singles though. Technically. What other R and B group is only good for singles who had longevity? Because by the time I think by the time they hit year two thousand, they weren't good. They weren't. They weren't relevant. They had an I know the color of love, and it lives inside of you. That's trash. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, they had that. Yeah. That shit was cold to me. But they're like, man, these dudes corny for some reason. I can't figure it out. But they're pop. They're a boy band. And and if I want to listen to pop, I put on some fucking NSYNC. Because I fuck with NSYNC. I put on a fucking <laughs> boys and men. I yeah. can't fuck with them, bro. But people love them. But yeah, I haven't talked to one person who, who, who was a boys and men fan who can name an album cut. Uh, mama, <laughs> uh, I'll make love to you. Do, 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 better. <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 the end of my boys and men rant. But yeah, but Soul Food was a good movie, and then Soul Food is probably one of the only properties that I can think of to where their the spinoff TV show was just as good, if not better, than the actual um, source of material. Yeah. That Soul Food show was good as fuck, man. Yeah, it really and it was. Had a, probably good. Five or six seasons, it felt like. Mm-hmm. If, if we ever do black shows one of these days, that's that will also definitely be on there. Oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a very underrated yeah. show. And then, as a matter of fact, a lot of the castings were better than the casting in the movie because, like, the chick who played Vivica Fox's part was way better than Vivica Fox. Yeah, but that's the Williams too, because like she's not a Vanessa Williams, the one from the movie. But like that actress was also named uh, Vanessa Williams. Um, all right, so that's our list on that shit. Um, didn't we already have the next one? Um, yeah. And what was it? That was the uh. Yep. Nah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> because our new format is for people who may have missed the last couple of episodes. So we're doing a list one month, then the following month we're coming back and doing um like a a deep dive episode. Oh yeah. Town hall type shit. Yeah, so so next one's gonna be about the uh, career of Nas. So I, I can tell you this. Um one of us is a pretty big fan of Nas. <laughs> the other one <laughs> is the exact opposite of that. So it should be a pretty interesting uh, conversation because um, it's, it's yeah. gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be more of you a pro and con episode. You saying why Nas is is decent, and me saying why Nas is trash. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that should be a good one for us. Uh, and so this is coming out in October, so that's going to be November. Then 
then like we still got December. But I'm looking forward to our January episode, which should be our um best best and worst of year. Because last year's bet, well, I guess technically this year's best and worst of uh, 2018 episode, like was pro- probably probably one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, that was one of mine too. And we gotta get um either the same categories as that one, or uh, or I'll come up with some new ones. But um, people out there in the audience, if you like the show, as as D Mac was talking about on the. Pre-show is going to be the post-show. Um, tell your friends about it. That way, it gets more traction with the network, and um, then like we'll have a bigger show. Uh, so you know, do a retweet, uh, whatever other social medias you're using, just share the show with the people that you like and love and think they like our conversations about the world of hip hop and and sometimes nerd culture. Because uh, we do it because we like doing it, but also it would be cool as more people listen. I mean, we have a decent listener base for like a, a show with no famous people on it. And then, like you said, like on the pre-show, I think yeah. in terms of content, we're on par with, if not better, than other shows of the same elk as us. Most definitely. And I'm not even going to attempt to do our sign-off because I, I keep saying that I'm going to write it down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I've yet to do that, but oh, also, uh, so this recording is the first recording I've done on my new computer because because like the laptop that uh I've been using and like the one that we um did that our, our last show on was on its last fucking leg and I, and I was getting tired of fucking it crashing on me and shit and so far what, this new computer is doing a damn good fucking job. Everything's fast as fuck. I have any Skype problems, any audio problems, any of that shit, so. Thank you, new computer. That was good. Alright, uh, so until next month, uh, that's our show.
Hello? There we go. What's up, bro? What's up, man? Hold on. Hold on real quick. Let me... Yep. I'm trying to get you on the... On my actual shit. Hello. <sighs> trying to get you on my headset. Got you. There we go. All right, Kobe, hear me? Yep, yep. Yeah. Man, it was just like one thing after another, man. I'll so, you, bro. So I was, I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to do this. Or she get mad. I don't give a damn, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> cause I be trying to get time by myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to do this with Evan. She be, you know, mad every time I do this. I don't care. Yeah, bro, um, wives are like the, uh, the villain of podcasts, man. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and then I try to ask, like, like, hey, why don't you help me out? I was like, hey, what's your, you know, top five? Right. Like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I tell you shit, blah, blah, blah. God blah, damn. Blah. Right, whatever. Can't you that mad about this right. shit? Cool. I was like, all right, whatever. Cause I just be trying to just ask how to get her involved. You know what I mean? Right, but right, right. It's all good. Yeah, so uh, I have a feeling that pretty soon that this show is going to be canceled because of your wife. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to be good, bro. <laughs> all right. Let's hope so. No, we're going to be good. Because she... I'll be telling folks I'll be doing podcasts just to see if they want to end soon. Uh, I told cause I told Chris... Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of folks. I was like, if y'all want to get on there, I was like, y'all can listen to me on there. Yeah. Because, like, matter of fact, I played one when I was... Uh, with Chris when, we was, when I was in Saginaw mm-hmm. he was like oh snap I was like yeah man it's cool chill you know what I'm saying yeah you know get, get the fans something to think about us down the third I mean shit in my eyes we better than Joe Button and him I mean, yeah, I mean bro <laughs> I absolutely agree man uh, I've been trying for a long time like to get like the more ears on this shit and I can figure out a, a way to do it but I think all the shows that are on the network are on par if not better than a lot of like the popular shows Oh, most definitely. I truly believe that, bro. So, uh, so like, so like, was Chris, ah, so, so like, was Chris fucking with it, though? Yeah, he liked it. He liked it, because he, he saw, saw the topics we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I be trying to get other folks, my folks at work about it, but it's kind of a little different with them, except for my, my homegirl, she, because she with it, she's yeah. a white girl, whatever, she, She's with it because she see through the, all the bullshit and, you know, how motherfuckers. She basically, she she's not blinded from being white. Gotcha, yeah. Like, we'll go out and she'd be like, oh, man, damn, my white privilege couldn't get in the club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she, she like that. You'd be like, damn, you should go out there. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, uh, like, this definitely is the the uh, blackest show, like, on a, on a whole network because, uh, because Randy, who was one of the first three people, like, on the main show, he came by, like, the other day, and, like, we recorded, like, two or three inventory episodes. Actually, like, one came out last week when, um, we couldn't record. And then I told him that, uh, that this show is definitely, by far, because, like, this is the only show that has two black people in it on a network, on a whole network. And I'm like, yeah, like, I said, like, the biggest difference between this show and the other shows is that, uh... I can use both my two favorite words. So my two favorite words are fuck. And my second favorite word is nigga. And like, I, I'm not going to say nigga on other shows. 
And he's like, yeah. like Evan, I've never heard you say nigger. I mean, he he, he did say it. He's like, Evan, I have never heard you say the <laughs> N-word before. Like, bro, I will fit those two words in every fucking sentence if possible. Yeah, I, keep it 1,000 with you. Uh-huh. The kind of rich should be see something way when other white folks be like, nigga, be like, like, for example, me. This is how I feel when using the N-bomb. And you and you're in the, uh, from a different culture. Yeah. If you put if you Puerto Rican, Dominican, it's the same shit. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Mm-hmm. But he's like, this day ain't third. But if you white, it's kind of like, hmm. Uh. But number one, if you say it around me, I gotta know you, like straight up. Like we gotta be cool, cool. That's the only way I have to give you a pass on it because I know you coming from. You know what I'm saying? Like you my dude, you my gal. This day and third. But if you like a white dude and you were on a whole bunch of like, if, like for for example, I put this for example, the white girl I work with, she asked me, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't even get offended. She asked me because this girl can literally drop a little Wayne verse. Like little Wayne is, I swear her era was from two thousand to two thousand ten because mm-hmm. little Wayne is like her shit, and yeah. she can read, she can say a verse. From no ceilings, from bro, I'm talking no ceilings. The Carter and drop it like it ain't nothing. You be like, damn, and it will throw you the fuck off. Like you're mm-hmm. like, where the fuck did this bitch come from? But then she asked me, she was like, you mind if I drop the M bomb, whatever? This dang third, and I was like, you know what? You my nigga, go ahead and do it. You know, what mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I was like, I don't mind. But she also does it. She just does it around me because I was like, you know what? Cool, fuck it. But if we around other folks, she don't do it. She don't do it, period. So you see what I'm saying? So it's kind of yeah. like, because she know what it is and this, that, and the third. That, and, you know, that's one of the things I like about her that I had to give her up to him because she asked me this, that, and the third. But, you know, some folks feel, oh, no, nah, you shouldn't say it in, in the get-go or this, that, and the third, or they feel some type of way about it. But then in the in the back of my mind, I feel like how I do, he said on uh, some show when he was like, Oh no, we took the word away from y'all and made it cool. You feel what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like it ain't it ain't no negativity. The only reason why it's negativity when it comes from certain folks when they try to use it against us. That's the only negativity about it. But far as us using it, you know what I'm saying? This, that, and the third, or it might be Puerto Rican Dominican. You said that's our word, and we just turn it cool. We turn it to, yo, that's my homie. Yeah, that's my dude. This, that, and the third. You know what I mean? We didn't turn it to. I'm trying to bring you down, calling you this, that, and third, but with the hard ER, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. See, now, um, I completely understand that viewpoint of it, but, uh, and then, I, like I probably said on this show before, I don't know how it happened, probably because of like, working and things like that, but most of my friends are white. Well, like, I can't Probably really say most of my friends are white, where, but like, where you were hurt. Yeah, yeah, like people that I'm around the most are white. Now, um, I totally agree because being because coming from where we come from, Saginaw, it was always cool because um, we didn't have back then like we didn't have any Puerto Ricans. We had black and Mexican and a, and a couple sprinkles of white. So I, I, I never had any problem with, with a Hispanic saying the N word, but for mm-hmm. me. I don't think, in my opinion, it's ever okay for an Anglo-Saxon to use the N-word for a number of reasons. Number one being, everything isn't for everybody. That's like me having like a gay friend and asking if I can call him the F-word. 
if I'm not a part of that community based on race and culture, because so, obviously there's no Anglo-Saxon uh, white person who's ever going to be a part of the black race. To that point, little segue, a lot of uh, women who have had black children think that they can say it by proxy. And I say your kid can say nigga all day long, but you can't. Because to me, you, you're never going to be so ingrained in the black experience to where you can say it. Yeah. Um. Then, like, my uh, second point on it is kind of branching off the first one. Everything isn't for everybody. And then, two, why do they want to say it so bad? That's kind of, to me, that's kind of on. Because oh, we're firing the culture. Because we kind of fire. It's fire the culture. A lot of the outside, they want to fit in. That's the reason why they want to say it. But it's not like they want to say it just to fucking bring you down. Because I've also been called a, a Nick Err to my face. Mm-hmm. And that was in Saginaw when I was in a fucking in middle school. Mm. Yeah, I remember that playing this day. So, <laughs> motherfucker going to White Pine out there in the township and shit. Yep, yep. And this white dude called me a nigga to my face. Mm. That, that's a totally different perspective. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been called like called like a nigger to my face. But also, I want to say this. Um, to me, there's no difference in my ear to the ER and the A. Because how people say things and how things are spelled aren't always the same. So, I get that a lot too. Oh, how about if I said it with an A? Like, like perfect example that joke off um off the Boondocks. I didn't say nigger. I said nigger. To me, if, if it's a white person saying it, it's all the same. Who is teaching? Oh yeah. For me, if a white person saying it's all the same, like and like we could be the best of friends, we could be like brothers. But to me, that's one thing that uh for me, a white person can can never be allowed to say. In a song, or whatever, because like for songs, my thing is this: like Chris Rock had like the uh, outdated now, Dr. Dre rules. But I don't, I don't think that those rules apply because I look at a rap song is if if you're gonna be part of, if you want to be a part of the culture, there's certain things as an outsider you have to understand. And for me, one of the things not saying the n word. So I say with rap music, look at it like you're in front of your grandma. People typically don't curse around their grandmothers. So you can use all the curse words, but, but when it comes to the N-word, look at it like I'm your grandmother and skip that word. Censor yourself like a uh, like a song on the radio. Well, that's just like, I remember people was making fun, bro. Like, well, Eminem don't do it. Yeah, yep. I, I that That's something I do got to get him big up to. Mm-hmm. Like, that motherfucker wouldn't, don't even cross that line, don't even play with that shit. There's any other, and this dude called motherfuckers faggots gay. Exactly. Because exactly. like, exactly. <laughs> he's very respectful. Because he and I are aligned in that viewpoint. Yeah, I, I got to give him that. I really do got to give him that shit. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, fuck. Like, this his wordplay is off the chain. Big up to him and him. Yep. But. <laughs> But, uh, nah, uh, what I was gonna say, nah, I just think, like, oh, this is just a funny side to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's that song, uh, with Chris Brown and, uh, oh, Lil Dicky. Remember yeah, when you switched yep. spots and then it was mm-hmm. like, oh, Lil Dicky's that nigga. He be Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit was funny as hell. But I can, I can tell you this, though. Yeah. Lil Dicky probably wrote that shit before oh, Chris Brown yeah. said it. Yeah, I, I can guarantee it. Chris Brown doesn't right, but here's the thing though: with Lil Dicky, it's a little bit different because that was that was satire. Number one and number two, yeah. Well, that's really like the main reason. 
now if you're a comedian, I think it's fine to use the N word if you're an Anglo Saxon person. If you're doing it for satirical purposes, not just being like a angry comic comic like fucking Michael Richard when say, Yeah nigga, yeah nigga, yeah nigga, yeah nigga. But if you're doing if you're doing it for satire, I get it. And now back when I was a little bit younger, I felt differently. But that's what just for like the country got so fucking divided again. And there's all this fucking cops killing all the other black dudes, the fucking president saying all this other bullshit because of all, all of the cultural shit that happened and that is more important than our rap music and our black culture as as a segment of the overall culture of of America. I'm even more so against people of the Anglo-Saxon persuasion using it. But again, because uh, like this probably will be on the show. I probably put it at the end. But is we recording right now? Yep. Oh, okay. Damn. I'm bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. You good? You good? Yeah. As soon as the call starts, my uh, program starts doing like the recording. But okay. But uh, this is good though. Like I said, I probably put this at the end of the recording. But um, shit. What the fuck am I about to say? Oh, uh, I feel like. I fucking forgot my point. I was talking about Trump, talking about all the other shit. Oh, for any for for the Anglo Saxons in the audience, the the main takeaway that I think that you, you should gather from this conversation that D Mackinac has had is the fact that there's no right or wrong answer, and when you aren't sure, uh, probably don't do it. Because a lot of people will say like like the, a white person thing to say is well. All my other black friends say I can use any word all I want. Well, they can't give you the right to use it in front of every black person in the world. Yeah. That's the most important takeaway from that and from th- this whole conversation. No one black or one, no group of black people can give you an all around pass to use that word. This is true. But us as niggas can say nigga all fucking day. <laughs> and also, like, one last note on it. For me, at least, that's kind of awesome. I hate using this overused term, but that's kind of awesome. White privilege shit. They think they're so privileged that they they have the right to even use that word. Nah, I hate going there. Everybody else uses. It. I should be able to use it too. This is a free country, isn't it? Not for that one fucking thing. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Uh, any more thoughts on that? Nah, I'm I'm good, bro. Okay. So, uh, we'll be quiet for like a little second, then I'll come in and start the show. All right.